Carfi exists to obtain and sustain resources for aspiring African leaders. Learn more about its mission and work at www.carfi.org. Welcome to part two of session three of the Iron Series webinar. My name is Sean Shokumbi, principal consultant and founder of Carfi. If you were with us two weeks ago, we were discussing in general, women and financial freedom. And what that means more specifically is how can our female audience who is listening achieve financial independence from major um, supporters of their businesses, um, either financial supporters or banks, and or how can they achieve financial independence from significant others or partners in order to make sure that they're still able to meet their um, financial obligations and also just thrive financially um, and not just be struggling paycheck to paycheck. Statistically speaking, only 3% of women received venture capitalist funding in 2018. And globally, women make as little as 66 cents to every US dollar that a male makes in the professional realm. So this is a real issue um, where women are constantly seeking um, more financial capital or in need of more financial capital, um, but don't have access to it or just don't really know um, strategically how to go about accessing it. And so this session dives more into specifics on how you can just do that. How you can do just that. So I will have this in-depth uh, conversation and um laying out of a few um, ideas with my guest expert, Kumara Thompson, who is an entrepreneur herself, a female entrepreneur, and is the um, founder of Tech, which is her financial education consulting firm. So let's dive right into it, because there's a lot of information to share, and I want to make sure that you feel equipped with the knowledge and tools necessary to achieve your financial freedom. That's right. Uh, can I also uh, sorry, go for can it? I go say for it. something yeah. else that it actually goes back to a little bit around the the corporate America and the income piece. And the thing that I also want us to think about is how you can actually scale your paycheck. So let's just say that you just have one paycheck right now. You you don't have a side hustle, but how can you actually really You're make away your to money? My segments. I'm gonna bring. Oh, good, 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 good. I'm glad oh, we're on the same oh, page. Huh? <laughs> I was like, it's time to do some whiteboarding. So. <laughs> Excuse me, audience. I'm sorry that we don't have the most sophisticated <laughs> system. That's right. But we're scrappy over here. It'll be a Vanna White right now. Vanna Black. Hold up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Making, you know, everything's better in black. Um, Indeed. And I'm going to just whiteboard or orange board some of these ideas. So you were starting to talk about stretching your paycheck, right? Yeah. So you can finish, and I'm just going to, you know, sketch someone real quick. We're going to do some scenarios of okay. planning. Hi there. As we go into our scenario planning, it's important for you to note that Quamara is using U.S. examples to illustrate a broader point about how to financially plan for your savings as well as your financial freedom. That does not mean that you are not able to apply these principles as well, regardless of where you're living, whether it be in Africa or abroad. So still pay close attention to the tips and advice that she gives and see how it's applicable to your unique situation. 
Great. Uh, so how can you make your paycheck work for you? And there's, I think, uh, several different ways that you can do this. One is you should pay yourself first. And people are always like, what does that mean? I mean, set up another account that's outside of the checking account that you use to put your paycheck into, uh, whether it's direct deposit or you actually go in and you deposit your, your paycheck in there. And what you do is you take a certain percentage and you decide what that percentage is and you move it to another account, preferably not a savings account attached to your checking account because as you know, if you have overdraft protection or anything, it's just going to be easy for you to hop into your savings account and swing it back over and so you haven't kept the money that you were supposed to keep for yourself. So I recommend that you go find another account elsewhere. I'm actually a huge fan of making accounts in credit unions and I'm not sure... The World Council of Credit Unions has the total number of credit unions in Africa at well over 37,000. For the purposes of this session, Quimara is going to be using U.S. examples uh, to demonstrate how to build a financial plan. But please feel free to reach out to Carfi at info at carfi.org for specific details pertaining to your country, especially if you're based on the continent. In the U.S., if you have credit union, the reason I like a credit union is because um, you're not just a client of the bank or the credit union or the institution. You're also a shareholder, so you actually get to um, read all the policies and help make decisions around how the, the bank runs and formulates. And it's also easier to receive financing from a credit union if you're a credit union customer. That is not always the case if you are the... Uh, customer of a bank. They don't always necessarily give you a loan, but most likely if you're a credit union user, you can get a loan if you need one uh, to, to start your business, etc. Um, the other thing that I do uh, is I automate all of my bills, so I never think about, I, I actually don't know when my bills are due, I just automate them automatically out of my account, so I don't have to think about it, I don't have any penalties that come from it, and it also is a good way to help me, so it's two things that I'm doing, I don't get receive any penalties from, the, um, from any of the uh, people that I owe money to, but also it helps to build up my credit, so I'm building towards a good credit score so that I can leverage that later on. Um, for various uses, right? Like if I need payroll, if I need to order more, um, uh, if I need to order more materials to, to make my business run, I can go ahead and get those loans because I've got my credit established and that's helping me do that just already from, from my savings account. Uh, I mean, from automate, automating my, my bills. Um, the other thing that you can do, of course, is write down all the things that you are doing at work uh, and figure out, are you underpaid for the position that you're in? And if you feel that you're underpaid, then have a real conversation with the, your manager, your supervisor, whoever HR, whoever's in charge of creating your next pay raise, um, and, and be very detailed as to, here are the things that I actually do, here's what the job description says, and based off of all the things that I'm doing, I deserve an XYZ raise. It may or may not always work, but at least you're already thinking about your worth, and once you start thinking positively around the things that you're doing, you come into the situation a little bit stronger, um, and you can also bring that to the next place of business uh, if you decide to leave the, your current employment. 
scenario planning. Um, so we started talking about uh, building uh, our own budgets or building our own financial plan based on our budget. So I have some two scenarios so we can just like, do a roadmap for someone out there. These are typically the people that I see struggling a lot with figuring out their finances. So woman A, and that's a fro, a trying to do a fro. <laughs> All things black. <laughs> so she has student loans going on, right? She's between the age of 24 and 31. And so just recently graduated, um, kind of. Um, middle class income, a very, very small income, a median, median income of 60000 supporting parents abroad, right? Let's say Ghana, because we've been talking a lot about Nigeria. She feels like she's stretched already thin, right? She has parents to take care of. She probably has additional bills, like a car note and things like that in addition to her student loans, how can she make sure that she's building more wealth and not just having her money or paycheck just go, you know, out the door? So I did some math while we were doing some technical stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so her take home, uh, this is with taxes. Uh, and I, I, I was a little generous for the taxes. Um, but generally speaking, her take home is $3,230 per month. So the question is, uh, how can she make this amount of money work for her, and also find time to? And let's give her let's give her a year to build a substantial savings. Like, what do you think that she should have in her savings account within a year if she's planning right? What's the ideal situation? This is where I get a little spicy, to be honest with you, because uh, my spiciness is I am, I'm a proponent of savings, but not necessarily a savings account. What does that mean? I mean, put your money into an investment account so you can get more returns on, on the amount of money that is you're making it work for you, unless you're saving for something in particular, uh, like you want to get a down payment on a house or something like that. But okay. generally speaking, um, I tell people... You're saving for the long run and you're diversifying. You, you should diversify your investment because if your money is sitting in a savings account for a whole year or two years, you're lucky if you get 1% to 2% on that savings investment versus if you had it in, a, in some kind of investment fund that did a higher yield of percentage and after the end of the year, you actually have more money coming mm -hmm. to you and you can uh, pull it out. Okay, so let's say average rent, I mean, I don't know exactly where she lives, but let's just say average rent is $800 a month. Um, she has a car where she lives, right? Yeah. So car plus insurance, she's probably about $200. Well, I would give this $300. Sell is, I mean, she could get like a little, she should get a little discount plan. She can pay $50 for this. <laughs> utilities, um, some utilities are included in rent. Um, so on average, people spend, I'm going to give it 150 Her student loan debts. We're also going to add to her cost remittances. The GDP of several African countries relies heavily on remittances. In other words, money sent back home to African countries by family and friends living abroad. In December 2018, the World Bank recorded a 9.8% increase in remittances sent back to Sub-Saharan Africa alone. However, the cost of sending those remittances, especially in Africa, is extremely high 
and well over the global average. Understood it. Yeah. It sounds fine to that's, me. That stretches. So this is actually what she has left over, so more so than what people would think, right? Mm. So you have 1480 Even if I brought that cell phone bill up to another $50, you have over $1,000 now that you can actually play with and figure out what you want to do with this money. Like, in fact, let's just say, you know, 1480 of which obviously is going to be like some food and entertainment and hanging out with mm-hmm. with friends, right? So um, let's say you just divvy this in half and you said like, okay, sorry, here's the thing I'm doing, uh, divided by two, 740. So if I did 740, and actually I'm going to round that up, minus, uh, sorry, if I did three, twin, three, two, three, three, two. Three zero. Thank you. <laughs> right. Minus seven forty. I would have twenty four ninety. So let's say that I'm so me, me. Seven forty is going into my account monthly. That's my amount of money that I have. Then I have. Then I just reduce this to twenty four ninety. That's really what I am making, right? So seven forty is now what I have left over for groceries and to put money into my emergency fund if I wanted to, right? So this this uh, 740, like I said, goes into a credit, I, I call it a credit union, but it can be whatever kind of account you want. Then let's say that you put half of this 740, which is um, uh, 370. Um, you can put this half into your emergency fund. And then you've got 370 still left over for your groceries and like for entertainment, which might feel a little tight, you know. So sometimes you may play around with your emergency fund. Um, I never play around with this number though. This number is always sacrosanct. My number for me <laughs> is first because I value myself over everything else that's going on here. Mm-hmm. That's the mentality that I have. But to your point, let's say I wanted to get a thousand dollars doing it this way in my or three to six months worth of rent. So let's say it's six months worth of rent. Uh, eight times six is uh, someone tell me with math. Come on now. Times six is forty eight hundred dollars. So if I wanted forty eight hundred dollars in savings in a, in my emergency fund, in the idea of having six months worth of rent ready, right? So. Um, I can take this 370, divide this by 370, and this will take me exactly roughly a year. A year and one month. One month. Okay, to build in savings. To build this, so you'll be fine. Remember, though, that in that same month, you have also paid yourself $8,888 for the whole year. Mm. And this is money that I suggest people can invest. So now you can use this money to work for you. So you can do this after three months, you can do this after six months. To show Pace Point, you don't need to put in your whole 8000 If you don't feel comfortable with it, you can put in just a percentage into an investment account and let it work for you. Mm-hmm. Again, also remember that you have an investment account already built into your job that we haven't even taken into account, but that's your long-haul investment, whether that's your 401k, your pension, your 403b. So you already have this going on. So without even creating a side hustle, you have paid yourself $8,800 in one year. Technically, you do pay yourself after you factor in the bills. Is that so, or? Well, 
you should know what it, okay, so good point. You should know what it's going to cost you to live. Yeah. Once you know what it costs you to live, then you can decide how much of my check I'm going to pay to myself first. The important part about what Chopin is saying, especially if you do direct deposit, is that instead of allowing $32,330 3, to hit your account, what you do is actually have... Um, I think this was twenty four ninety. You actually have twenty four ninety hit your account from the um, from your job and have seven forty go to this other account. So you never see your seven forty because if you see your seven forty, you will use that seven forty. <laughs> All right. So sixty k can actually go a lot further than a lot of people think. So that's exactly people out there, you're not struggling that much. <laughs> yeah. Well, not to. Not to say, but I think it's just a matter of mindset. You just have to shift right. your mindset right. and figure out exactly how you can do it. And if you pay yourself first, think about all the money that you've just given yourself. I mean, you've practically already got your business and, loan right there. I mean, <laughs> essentially, right? This is this can be your side hustle, which is just making sure that you're tight with your budget. Right. <laughs> so now, so let's go to the more um, complex situation. Um, expecting mother has a current small child. Still a young mother, 26 to 35, making around the same amount of money, may or may not be married. Let's start with the not married scenario. So she's... Yeah, I, two kids I mean, I think childcare is always, it's going to be the thing that is going to hurt you, right? Because that's perfectly... And right. I know that in New York, we have universal pre-K. So at least when your child is three years old or older, you can put them in there for free. Yeah. But now we're talking about very young children. So right. they're still going to yeah. be some yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think essentially, in, and if I take this, I'm assuming she doesn't have student loans, but I don't see it over here. Um, but generally, let's make sure we just... But we can put student loans here. We, we can... Oh, we can make so many. We can make scenarios. so many different scenarios. So you can choose whichever scenario you feel you want to run with. I mean, I think since they're both making sixty, we can still work from this general basis. But I think because she has children, she'll probably pay herself a little bit less at first because she's gonna need more of her money to to stretch here. Yeah, mainly because, of course, because of the childcare. Now, like like as Chopin said, you can be creative around childcare because you can have family that comes in that helps out, friends, um, or you yourself want to monetize. Like if you're home all day with your children and you have friends who have kids, maybe you monetize that and say, "Hey, bring your kids on over and uh, <laughs> and you know pay me uh, a particular money or service, right?" And so you're actually making money um, uh, from doing something that you'd be doing anyway, which is taking care of a child. Um, But even in this scenario, let's just say that she cuts what she pays herself in half, Mm -hmm. um, she's still, at the end of the year, would get $4,400, right? Even with having to take care of children. Can you just map it out for people so they can see, like, or visual? (laughs) I'm so sorry. I know I should be better at been a long week. No, no worries. I was like, yeah, I was I thought so. Okay. So let's say you pay yourself 370 and that leaves you 3230 minus 370. 2864. And this is for each month. So out of this 2860, you have rent. Actually, rent is gonna be more expensive because I assume she was in a one bedroom for rent with uh two children on the way. Um you're at least probably in a two-bedroom, if not more. I, I can see them being in a, in a two-bedroom. I would say 
two-bedroom, right? Yeah. So average two-bedroom in this country um, is roughly, I'm going to go up to $1,200. Uh, so car is going to be the same. doesn't matter how many children you have. Cell going to be the same. Utilities will probably be a little higher because you have children. So I'm going to bring that up to 200 if we stick with the idea that she has student loans, we can still keep it at 250 She's not sending money to parents, though, so that's helpful. Um, so let's do math here. Do we have money left over for uh, an emergency fund? Oh, and actually, I didn't put it here. I didn't put it there because as a single person, I know we eat, but we eat that. We do all kinds of stuff. But most likely, groceries are going to be an important part of this equation when you have children. <laughs> There's no skipping out. <laughs> Unlike me, who like maybe goes to the grocery store three times a year, <laughs> you might be going to the grocery store like every week, if not more often than that. All right, let's see where we at. We might be a little bit tighter here, being parents. We're <laughs> gonna figure this out. And the one thing I did not play was childcare. Mm. <laughs> $1,000. Well, this actually puts us a bit in the hole, so we're going to have to tighten up. We're 440 in the hole here. Mm-hmm. With this. All right, with childcare being our major problem. So it sounds like we're going to have to be creative with our childcare. Mm-hmm. But we already thought of a very creative. So we already know that we can monetize childcare by <laughs> saying to our friends, hey, I'll also watch your kids. Or an XYZ amount of money, and you're making money, and you don't have this expense at all. There we go. (laughs) Of course, the other problem is if you're making thirty to thirty a month, then do you have time to actually take care of somebody else's children, right? Because you don't have a salary. This is the time to do that side hustle. So Uber is a great one. The other thing that you might want to do, and it totally depends. I mean, I know you have children, but uh, I am a fan of actually uh, renting out. If you have spare spare room in your house, I'm a fan of renting out and getting yeah. a roommate to help you with some of your expenses. So maybe in this case, it's a family member that uh, needs to move in and... Um, so someone you can trust because you do have children, but that could cut your rent expenses down by um, $600. And you also have a little bit of built-in childcare. You can't just assume that people watch your children all the time, but mm-hmm. they could help a little bit with that as well. Um, and then again, this this person definitely is going to have to figure out some kind of side hustle. Even if I took away your student loan. Mm-hmm. I mean, your, yeah, your student loan debt because you didn't go to, to school, mm-hmm. um, you're still definitely going to have to figure out how can I best monetize my situation. So I think rental, I think uh, buying a car instead of financing or leasing a car if you can afford to. I, I, I know Shopee says take public transportation. That's only available in New York and California. I think if you live anywhere else and you have children, you're going to have to have a car. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be difficult to not have a car. I could be wrong. Um, but that's right. And the other thing is, of course, this is a great time to become a mommy blogger. Um, lots of people are doing that nowadays, right? So the, the angst that you're feeling being a single mother, um, uh, you can write about that, you know, after you put your kids to sleep or, you know, when they're in nap time. Um, because I know most of the time when the kids are at nap time and you think you can nap, you can't. So you might as well write. <laughs> 
um, you might as well write. You can monetize those types of things if you're into crafts. So um, I have family members who are actually like disabled, but they like to make crafts, and so they'll make baskets, um, and then they'll sell those baskets. Um, and so there's lots of different things that I think that this person can do to help monetize. But you see, the one thing that we did not say was don't pay yourself first. You still put that up there because it's super important that you do that and then you figure out how to live within the in, within the means. Um, in this way, in a way, you kind of are... The reason I always say pay yourself first, and I kind of think of it as having a bit of a double salary, right? I have the salary that my job has given me and I, get, and I have the salary that I'm giving myself. Yep. Um, and this job, the, the salary that my job has given me is allowing me to live a certain kind of way. But the salary that I um, give myself will allow me to invest and to build my wealth the way that I need to, to build it. And so you don't really want to mess around with that too much um, and really keep that sacrosanct and everything else sort of work it out from, from there. Um, and then, of course, figure out what your side hustle is. Uh, what's your passion? What's your transferable skills? What are the things that you're already doing that you can maximize and monetize? So I'm going to thank you so much for the scenario planning. Uh, we can take a seat now because I was going to ask some follow quick follow-up questions. Sure. This is really important, and this is exactly what's, what the point is. This is all going to be a journey, and it's not going to always be pretty. It's not always going to be easy, and it's not always going to be a straight line. It's going to be ups and downs and zigs and zags. Um, I think the one thing, though, that I think helps people really do the sort of dissection that you did around where am I actually financially having that honest conversation, right? And we always have to do that, whether that's spiritually, whether that's around our physical health, whether that's around our mental health. And what we often don't do is we don't do this around our financial health and this is what we're talking about we're really talking about financial health and yes we're speaking around some ways to build up your financial health and build yourself to getting to financial freedom but without doing a clear honest to God examination as to where your money is going what's going on it's gonna be really hard for you to even step foot on this path and step foot on this journey to really think about all the different ways that you can really help yourself. Um, I, I want to leave the audience, especially the ones who are more like the second scenario with some kind of hope. Um, so personal story on my end, um, I recently um, went to Awake yesterday. Um, it was for my, one of my hair braiders. Um, she was a hair braider for every almost every single person in my family. Um, and the ironic thing is that the last time she actually did this hairstyle, you know, so um, I'm able to, you know, display some of her work. Uh, the last time I went to her, it was about three weeks ago, and we had this little, you know, tiff about um, pricing, And um, but she started to tell me her story. She started to tell me about how, you know, she has children that she's trying to support. Um, she's, you know, this immigrant woman just came from um, one of these Francophone um, African countries, and, um, you know, the money that she's taking in from hair braiding is still not enough to, you know, to pay the taxes, to pay the rent for the booth and things like that. Um, so I see a lot of these scenarios and then, you know, now she just worked herself, you know, God forbid to death and, you know, now she's not here. I don't want to see um, people in these scenarios feel like they're trapped by their circumstances, like the, there's no will way to ever climb out of it. Um, I want them to have to, the honest truth to know that there's, you know, some sacrifices that need to be made, but um, I 
also want to, you know, spark that um, inspiration in them that they otherwise are not getting because, you know, all around them is just like what needs to be done versus what do I want to do. Right. Um, so that's why I talked a lot about desires and dreams and aspirations, like but first getting yourself in order in order to fulfill those dreams. So um, that's really what's the, the impetus for this conversation is just like um, some of us have the, the fortunate situation to not come from a too challenging <laughs> background, right? Um, yes, we're, we're black women and, you know, the odds are against us statistically. But um, for the most part, there's some of us that are doing okay. But there's um, a significant portion of us that I feel also needs to be lifted up and feel that they can also, you know, reach that level as well. Um, so I just want to give them some really practical um, next steps to take in their lives. And no, it's not going to happen overnight, unfortunately. Um, it's not something that uh, you can escape right away. And I know that while you're in it, it feels like you just want to <laughs> escape it as quickly as possible. I could not imagine. I mean, I've had my own personal journey that I can share um, definitely with you, Sophia, with the whole um, racking up credit card debt, not understanding exactly how um, credit cards work, um, not knowing how to, you know, put the money to the side, know that it's not just free money coming in, um, still dealing with student loans, still dealing with student loans, just managed to get a lot of them negotiated down, but um, it's a huge hassle um, on my end. Um, and that's part of the reason, you know, why um, I'm doing projects like this is because I, I know that I love to teach and um, this is my um, way of giving back and, you know, hopefully making some revenue as well. <laughs> so, you know, subscribe www.carfee.org forward slash subscribe but you know, you know we all um, are, are trying to climb up that like you know that hole that we're stuck in and I, I want to make sure that for me it, it took many many years to to feel that inspiration to feel like yeah do Carfee, go ahead and, you know, put yourself out there, um, use the talents that, you know, God gave you and, you know, don't just sit on it and say, well, I, I just can't stand my circumstances. I think there, there's a, there's a meme out there that says, you know, if you're not happy, move, you're not a tree. <laughs> there's something about being rooted, but there's also something about like uprooting yourself and, you know, getting unstuck, um, and, and, and doing what you need to do. So, um, Going back to um, oh yeah, this scenario, that's what I want to talk about. So um, this this woman is still, you know, she's still um, in a bind, like she's still in a hole. And um, for many people watching, they probably saw that and immediately, you know, turned off the film. But if you're still with us, um, what kind of encouraging words would you say to Nam Kumara about something that they can literally do today to start getting them on that path? Again, it's not going to be a magic wand, but like this is the first thing that you can do. And I assure you that you're on the right path to, to getting yourself unstuck. Uh, so everyone's obviously everyone's situation is a little bit different, but here are two things that I think that we should look at. And when you're also thinking about doing your financial management, you should also be thinking a little bit about your time management. What is getting the most amount of your time, whether it's your full-time gig, uh, whatever that may be, whether you work part-time and how much time are you devoting to that and is it actually worthwhile? And is there something else that you can find that would be a little bit more worthwhile? So in the situation of your... Um, the hair braider, for example, and I think you mentioned something about Ren and some other things mm -hmm. that she was mm -hmm. doing. Um, one of my thought processes is that you can make this a home-based so if you want to start a business, you can make a home-based business or your side hustle created as a real business that's out of your home, and you can actually write off on your taxes your expenses. A lot of expenses. people don't know that. A lot of so, people don't know that. So let me just say that again. 
So you're live, you're here, you're living in your $1,200 apartment, but now you're a mommy blogger. Don't just blog underneath your, I mean, you can't blog underneath your name, but go online, create an EIN, so you're an official business, and then you can write off your taxes, you can write off your, your uh, on your taxes, you can write off your rent, you can write off your cable bill, you can write off your cell phone bill. Uh, there's so many things that you can write off because you're running a home-based business. So that means your business has to be run out your home, not out of another location. The, the, the address of your business must be the address of your home, and then you can write it off on your taxes, and you get a lot of this money back. So that's actually one way that you can, if you're feeling really stuck, that's actually one way where you can monetize and capitalize all the things that you already have, your all your bills, and get some of that money back to you at the end of the year on top of uh, paying yourself first from your, your check. And I think if you do those two things, you will be able to see the ways that you can now move your money around um, and have it better work for you and work have your space work for you a little bit more as well. That was excellent advice. Um, I learned that last year <laughs> I got a hefty check but then I would also encourage you to not just spend that again on your vices on your retail therapy put that into your business put that into your brand you know whatever it is if you are a makeup artist maybe you want to go on YouTube and do tutorials things like that reinvest that money that you got back that free money that you got back that gift <laughs> that fell from the sky essentially and invest it back in something that's going to grow and be sustainable and outlive you you know and support your children as well okay that's it so any, any closing thoughts i mean we we talked a lot <laughs> we talked way longer than i expected thank you so much yeah this is so awesome uh, uh Mine. I mean, um, at the end of the day, this is such an important conversation. Um, when I think about financial health and wealth, I don't just mean money. I mean your quality of life. So I think people should think a lot about what's the type of quality of life that you want and then how can you help yourself get there. Um, we're a community. We're out here. Listen to these podcasts. Um, go and do your own research. And also, um, this is my life's passion. This is my life's work. I love educating the community around how um, they can be financially empowered. So feel free to reach out to me. My email is kthompson. T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N at techtalksolve.com. That's T-E-C talksolve.com. Um, and we can really just sit down and come up with a plan and we can figure out different ways that we can um, help you with your income, help you with your investment, or if you're actually already in a stage of owning a small business, we can help with some microfinancing. Um, uh, and so just thank you for, for listening. Uh, peace. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I hope you come away from this session feeling extremely empowered and um, equipped with at least some information about how to improve your financial um, status as a woman. Um, And to our male listeners, please share this with sisters, mothers, uh, significant others that you know could benefit from this. Uh, it's about equal opportunity for anyone who is looking to, you know, create for themselves a new future, a more sustainable future, um, a future where they are no longer a slave to um, a certain set of uh, of rules or standards that keep them um, bound financially. 
our next session, session four, will be premiering in February and it will feature um, two guest speakers focusing on the medical sector in Africa. Please subscribe at www.carfi.org forward slash subscribe to continue to receive updates on when that will premiere. Until then, stay sharp.